All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I am Pastor Elder Swin Holloway. Um, I have Elder Swin Holloway Deliverance Ministries. This is a ministry that God has given me um, many years ago, and I thank God that it is still on board. I thank God that he is still using me to deliver his messages to his people. Amen. And so I pray that I say something that's going to encourage you. I pray that I say something that's going to bless you. I pray that I say something that's going to uplift you. So on today, some of you, I am coming from my real life, um, with my real life talks with Empire. Something is on my lip, y'all. My real life, um, real life talks with empowerment coaching in my in my in my real life coaching page. I am also in the Graceful Five page, um, bringing this message as well. I decided to do it here as well because we're actually trying to build up um, the Graceful Five's uh, page as well. Also, this is on my YouTube, Serena Holloway Deliverance Ministries. You can look it up and find me on there as well. And starting in uh, starting on Monday, you'll be able to uh, listen to this on my podcast every evening at 5 p.m. Amen. And so I'm so glad about it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to move into this area. And on yesterday, I started this new series, Shake the Dust from Your Feet removing the particles and for some of you, you know y'all not some of y'all cannot go back and see this unless you are already in um my real life talks with empowerment coaching page you'll be able to see some things there but as of right now like i said i decided to go to the graceful five page and the um of course along with my youtube so i'm going to go ahead and get started now and so i'm going to go ahead um, and, and, and pray at this time. So Lord God, we thank you. And God, I thank you that I come to you just as humbly as I know how, Lord, you said that if two or three shall agree as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Lord God, for where two or three just gather together in your name, there you are in the midst of them. So God, I thank you for being in the midst of us. God, I thank you for being in the midst of this lesson. God, I thank you for being in the midst of your people. So Lord God, I will continue to ask in Jesus' name that we will allow ourselves to stand together, that we will band together, that we will grow together, we will move together in the spirit of unity and being on one accord because some of us are in an agreement by faith. Some of us is in agreement by prayer. Some of us is in agreement by fasting in your name that we're coming together. We're asking, we're decreeing, and we're declaring that when we are done, it is done in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you in advance for this opportunity to help cleanse, to help others reject, and to help others to renounce and to bind and lose anything or anyone that is not like you 
that is uh, in unrighteous, Lord God, that is unholy, that is unclean, and Lord God, that is done in Jesus' name. So God, continue to be with us in every room, in every area of our life, God. Continue to cover us, Lord God. Continue to protect us, Lord God. Continue to protect us and cover us into every place of our lives, whether in mind, whether in body, whether in spirit, Lord God. So God, we thank you for just covering us. We thank you for the blood of the lamb, Lord God. We thank you for everything, God. God, you are Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. You're Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. God, we thank you for being our refuge. We thank you for being our safe place. We thank you for being our banner, God. We thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. We thank you for being Jehovah Nisi. We thank you for being Shalom, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for being Yahweh, God. We thank you for just being God all by yourself. Lord God, I thank you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And Lord God, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for sanctifying me, Lord God. God, I thank you for cleansing me and purging me. God, I thank you for creating me a clean heart. And I thank you for renewing the right spirit in me, Lord God. Continue to allow me to be transformed into what you would have me to be transformed into, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that I have been reborn again, God. I thank you, God, for you being my potter and I am your clay. And so, God, on today, I'm asking that you will be their potter and that they will allow themselves to be the clay so that you can reshape them, remold them, recreate them into their original design that you have seen them from the beginning. So, God, allow them to be healed. Allow them to know how to dust the how to dust how to dust the particles from their feet how to go out of our house and not take things with them how to not only let go but to release god in the mighty name of jesus so god i thank you i love you i bless your name i glorify you god in the mighty name of jesus in the name of the father son and the holy ghost in jesus name we pray i pray and we all say amen amen so on today, well, on yesterday, we, we started when we still in week one, and now we're on day two, and we're still talking about the mission. Amen. We're still talking about the mission. And in Matthew um, chapter 10, our original, our main text and our original text is Matthew chapter 10, and I'll go back and I'll read verses 1 through um, 16, and it reads, Philip, well, it reads, well, let me just say this. The beginning of chapter 10, it tells us that Jesus is naming the names of his apostles. And verse 5 says, these 12, these 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and enter and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out devils freely ye have received freely give people provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey neither two coats neither stones nor yet staffs for the workman is worthy of his meat and into whatsoever city or town you shall enter inquire who in it is worthy and there abide till you go thence and when you come into a house 
salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and the day of judgment than for that city. 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Jesus already knew. He said, I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves. He already knew that we were going to be attacked. He already knew that we were not going to be received. He already knew we're going to go through in a house, in a city, in a place, in a land. He knew that people we were going to connect with were were not going to be good people. And that's why he said, when you enter in, salute it. But you have to determine if it's worthy. But when you go into that room and you begin to realize or into that place or into that city and you begin to realize that it's not worthy, he said, let your peace return back to you. So don't leave your, listen, you may leave your peace, but listen, you may leave your peace. Listen, you may leave your peace, but make sure you bring your peace with you and you leave all that drama behind you. You leave all those issues behind you. How do you do that? You're shaking the dust from your feet. So that way, when you go into another city, you go into another land, you go into another place, you're not taking those particles, those issues, those those things, those people with you into this place and then dropping them off when you go into that house making them worse than what they were before you even went in so you have to recognize where you are who you are and what you're doing your mission what is your mission i said on yesterday your mission is to learn how to not only let some things go let some places go let some people go but removing releasing those particles that's been left behind. When you come out of a relationship and you are cleaning up and you see a shirt that was left behind, honey, get rid of that shirt. Take it out of your house. Don't give nobody any reason to come back into your house to drop off while they're picking up that you've already done cleaned out. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's just like he told his disciples. I've called you to go and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received and freely give. So listen, listen, the the, the, the way you brought it in is the way you, you give it out. I, I took it in freely. Now I'm giving it back to you freely. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So with that being said, we why do we get hurt? Why do we remain broken? Because we've not let go of those particles. We've not cleaned up the, the, the we didn't wipe up completely. We didn't get in the crevices. We didn't get in the cracks. We didn't get in the crannies. We didn't get in those, those, you know how the sidewalks got those cracks in it. We didn't get in there and sweep that stuff out. We done left some stuff behind or they have left some stuff behind. And when you realize that that stuff has been left behind, it's up to you to, to dig it out, to clean it out, to purge it out, to release it, to let it go. Amen. So, so on today, I want to take you to um, Isaiah. I want to take you to Isaiah. Amen. I, I want to take you to Isaiah. Um, so let me take you to Isaiah right, right, right quick. Isaiah chapter 52. Listen to Isaiah chapter 52. Chapter Isaiah. 
Isaiah, not chapter Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, where my notes, the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 1 through 6 says this, and this is God um, talking about how he will, he will restore Jerusalem. It says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on the beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing. Can I say that again? You have sold yourselves for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Some people will oppress you without a cause. Some people will oppress you because of a cause. But with that being said, you must do what verse two says, shake yourself loose, shake yourself from the dust and arise and sit down. <laughs> Some of you may not even understand it. What do you mean? You're telling me to arise and now you're telling me to sit down because in order for you to shake something, you got to get up and shake that thing off and now take a seat and let the Lord fight your battle. Lord, help me in this place. Listen, verse four says, for thus said the Lord God, my people went down a fourth time into Egypt to sojourn there and the Assyrians oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, said the Lord, that my people is taken away for nothing. They that rule over them, make them to howl, saith the Lord. And my name continually every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that doeth speak. Behold, it is I. Now, in that, listen, Second Chronicles. Let me, let me, let, look, look at this. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, God is calling them his people, right? So if my people, God is saying, if my people, which are called by my name, because God is saying, y'all are saying that I'm your, that you're my people. Y'all are saying, y'all calling on my name. Y'all are calling on my name. Y'all were y'all y'all saying y'all my people, but this is what you're not doing. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But here's what you have to understand. If Jesus already told y'all, if Jesus already told his disciples that I'm sending you as sheep, in the midst of wolves, he's preparing us just as well as he prepared his disciples. So Jesus already knew that we were going to go into a city 
that we were not going to be that we were not going to be received. Jesus already knew that we were going to go into a land that they was not going to receive us. When we look at Rahab and how she had to lie to hide the spies so that the people in that place wouldn't come and kill them because they was going to that place to check out the land, that to see more about it, to observe it. Can they go in and overtake it? But when you, but when people don't want you in their land, when people don't want you in their house, when people don't want to hear what you have to say, you have to shake the dust off of your feet because everybody is not going to want to hear you. Everybody is not going to understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, especially when you are married. When you are married, and this is why it is so imperative that when you have a husband or you have a wife, you can't go talking to everybody. You can't go into everybody's house. You can't go into that unfamiliar territory. You can't go into everybody's land of living. You can't go to everybody's land of thinking. You can't go to everybody's land of their thoughts because they believe what they want to believe. They do what they want to do. But when you are required to obey God's commandments, his statutes and his judgments, you are different from the rest. You are not like them. You're Jesus' sheep. You're Jesus' disciple. You're Jesus' uh, uh, brother or sister. Because God is the father. He's our head. And we have to know that when we go into a place and they're not receiving what we're saying, they're not understanding what we're saying, we need to walk away. But when you're walking away, dust your feet. Dust your feet. Listen. Um, listen. Isaiah envisions a time when God would restore his exiled people for his name's sake and when Jerusalem would be rebuilt. So we, we are Christians and we ought to do the work of the Lord for his name's sake. We ought to obey his commandments for his name's sake. We ought to shake off the unclean for his name's sake. We ought to purge from unrighteousness because of his name's sake. Because when we say we God's people, then we should be acting like God's people. We should be talking like God's people. We ought to be releasing like God's people. We ought to be fasting like God's people. Yes, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But we should be acting the way that God would be acting. We will be talking the way that God would be talking. We can't act like the world and put the word on it. You got to act like the Lord and keep the word on it. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. So you have to ask yourself, you're able to do that when you're able to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Hold on one.
All right, good morning. Sorry about that. Sometimes we got to have a little pause break because something else is coming. Something else is coming, right? So um, in Isaiah 51, I mean, Isaiah 52, 1 through 6, it's talking about put on your strength. Put on your strength. You need to be strengthened in order to dust. And listen, when we clean our house, our natural houses, and, you know, we have lamps, we have our, our printers, we have our computers, we have um, uh, uh, tabletops, desktops, we have our TVs, chairs, um, coffee tables. We have things that's going to collect dust, right? And so some of us, will have we have pledge or we have a duster and we go through and we'll, and, you know, sometimes we say, um, did you clean up today? You know, talking to the kids. Yeah, I cleaned up. Well, did you dust? Well, no, I haven't dusted. Then you've not cleaned up. Because, see, when you clean your house, you have to do a thorough cleaning. You're not just moving the furniture around. You're just not vacuuming the floor. You're not or sweeping the floor or mopping the floor. Now you got to go to the TVs. Now you got to go to your, your, your printers. Now you got to go to your, your laptop, your desktop. Now you got to go to the, the, the crevices of the corners of your, your desk. You know, all of those things, the chairs, anything that has wood, anything that collects dust, you got to clean the lampshade. You got to dust. Why? Because those particles causes allergies. Those particles causes some children to have an asthma attack. Sometimes those particles are not good. They get into your nostrils. They get into your, you know, your sinuses. They get into your eyes. They get into your hair. They get on your clothes. And um, sometimes you ever listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You ever go to, um, you ever go to um, the the bowling alley, and you're in the bowling alley, and 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 they they got this fluorescent light type of thing that your clothes is glowing in the dark and when you look at your shirt that's dust those are particles that is attached to your shirt and sometimes you have those lint brushes and you go to roll that lint up but guess what dust is everywhere hear what i'm saying dust is everywhere it doesn't matter how many times you dust in a week it's best to dust every day because every you it's because of what you track from the outside in hear what i'm saying sometimes you're bringing your from the outside you're bringing it into your house and it lingers you know when you sweep in your carpet and you you know when you sweep the carpet you see all the dust is flying around in the air or you take your you take your um back in the, the our, our ancestors times they took their their rugs and stuff and they later uh across the clothesline and they took their broom and they was beating it. Why? They was trying to, they couldn't beat out every dust particle, but they were beating it enough to get all the dust out of it. But there is still some particles that is left behind. But even those particles that we can't remove, even those particles that we can't see, and we're, we're removing them daily, just know that God's strength will continue to strengthen you to continue to remove those dust particles because now what you can't see god will remove see because we can't really see the inside of somebody's heart we can only see somebody's heart through their actions but god can see that the intent of the heart the mind the thoughts 
you know, God can definitely see all of that. So even when I was saying on yesterday that when you aren't willing, so when you are, if you're not willing to try new ways or new methods or, or new ideas, then you jeopardize the entire atmosphere. You jeopardize your family. You jeopardize your children. You jeopardize your loved ones. You can jeopardize your coworkers because you're refusing to shake the dust from your feet when there's chaos, when there's confusion, when there's division, when there's discord, when there's when there's hatred, when there's malice, where there's strength and contention. And how do you need to remove it? You got to make some things right. You got to make some things better. Sometimes you got to ask for restoration. You got to seek for forgiveness. You got to repent. And if you're not willing to do those things, then you continue to allow the just the residue to rebuild all over again. Amen. Um, it's it, I can back it up with word. Let's go to Philippians chapter four. Let's go to Philippians chapter four. Ah. I keep passing it. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Okay. Philippians chapter four. Listen to this. And I want to start at the. Well, let me just, I'm just going to let me just start here and I'll just read through Philippians chapter four, starting at the first verse says, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown so stand fast in the lord my dearly beloved i beg you 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 Adias, and beseech syntic or syntec that they be of the same mind in the lord you you gotta have the same mind in the lord with others right so verse three says and i entreat thee also true yoke fellow help those women which labored with me in the gospel with clement also and with other and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life rejoice in the lord always and and again i say rejoice right so the believer must rejoice and gain strength by recalling the lord's grace his neatness i mean his nearness and promises right so when we look at um let me go back to let me go listen to this listen joy is an integral part of our salvation in christ it is an inner peace and delight in god the father the lord jesus and the holy spirit and in the blessing that flows from our relationship with them scriptural teaching about joy includes the following one joy is associated with the salvation god provides us in christ and with god's word two joy flows from god as one aspect of the fruit of the spirit it does not come automatically 
but is experienced as we maintain an abiding relationship with Christ. Our joy becomes greater when the spirit meditates, I'm sorry, spirit mediates a deep sense of God's presence and nearness in our lives. Jesus taught that the fullness of joy is inseparably connected to our remaining in his word, loving others, obeying his commands, and being separated from the world. And the third thing about joy is joy as a delight in the nearness of God and his redemptive gifts cannot be destroyed by pain, suffering, weakness, or difficult circumstances. So what you have to understand is rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And when you, but you can only rejoice when you have the joy of the Lord. Amen. Verse six says, be careful for nothing. Now, as I just read to you in Isaiah, some people will take captive of you for nothing. And it's not worth any money. It's not worth fighting for your life if it's not worth anything. But your life means everything to God. And I said that just the way that I said it. So be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you're not able to dust your feet off, if you don't have the power and the authority, if you think you're not strong enough to dust off that bad relationship, to dust off those bad influencing friends, to dust off that nasty attitude that's maybe even coming from you. If you don't have that strength, you have to pray and make that prayer known unto God. God, I'm not strong enough to handle this. I'm not strong enough not to go back to that. God, I need your strength. But if you don't know how to put on strength, then you won't be strengthened in the joy of the Lord. So seven says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if Proverbs chapter three tells us to not to lean to our own understanding, if it tells us to acknowledge God, if it tells us to be to not to be wise in our own eyes, if it's telling us to depart from evil, then whether we understand it or not, we must have the peace of God. And you're only able to have the peace of God if your hearts and your minds is through Christ Jesus. That's not me saying that. That's the word of God saying that. So verse eight, and it's funny because I used this passage of scripture earlier today, but Philippians four and eight says, finally, brethren, that means sons and daughters of God, Christian believers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any heart, if there be any minds through Christ Jesus, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise 
think on these things. Those things that Paul is telling us to think about, he says, what you have should have, you, you both have learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with who? You. So if you want the God of peace, you got to think right. Think long, think wrong. But if you think on the goodness of the Lord, if you think on the strength of the Lord, if you think on these good things, then know that the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10 says, Paul begins to say, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. You've lacked opportunity. Let me say this. So to experience God's peace and freedom from anxiety, believers must fix their minds on those things that are true, that are noble, that are right, that are pure, that are honest, that are just, that are of good report. If you do these things, says Paul, the God of peace shall be with you. The consequence of fixing our minds on the unholy things of the world is that the joy of God's nearness and peace are lost and our hearts are no longer guarded. And we know this scripture says to guard your hearts with all diligence. Why? Because out of it flows the issues of life, the issues of your marriage, the issues of your children, the issues of your finances, the issues of not able to walk away, the issues of not able to release, the issues of not able to make those good decisions, to the, the issues of not being able to have a good heart, a good mind, to not obeying the Lord. Those issues are not guarded because your heart and your mind is not protected by the God of peace. Lord, help me, Jesus. So if Paul is saying that you both have learned and received and heard and seen, learn, receive, heard, and seen, right? So the key to contentment is realizing that God has given you in your present circumstances everything you need to remain victorious in Christ. The ability to live triumphantly above changing circumstances comes from Christ's power flowing in and through you. So this ability does not come naturally. However, it must be learned through dependence on Christ. So 11 says, Paul begin to say again, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be contentment. I know how 
He says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Why? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So Paul is saying that I can do all things through Christ who continues to strengthen me. So Paul is also telling the Philippians that they're able to do all things in Christ as well. And Christ will strengthen them in all of those things. Paul says, I know how it feels to be this way. I know how it feels to be in this way. I know how it feels to have wants, and I know how it feels to have need. I know how to feel when I have, and I know how it feels when I don't have. But I'm content in whatever state that I am in, and that's where you need to be. You need to learn how to be content in whatever state that you are in, but you're only able to do that when you dust those particles that are remaining from your feet. So that you're not carrying them to your next place. That you're not carrying them to your next marriage. That you're not carrying them to your next child. That you're not carrying them into their next relationship. That you're not carrying them into another house. That you're not carrying them into another city where God has moved you to. You you got to release the old. And allow the new to take control of where you are. You can no longer have that same old mindset and you're in a new place. Because old wine can't dwell in a new skin bottle. Y'all know the scripture I'm saying. You can't put old wine in a new wine bottle. It will bust. Because what's inside of that is for that bottle. That bottle. (laughs) <laughs> for that bottle. It's just like I get a cup of water and I'm going to add another cup of water to that cup of water. It's going to overflow. Because that wa- that glass is only made to hold. Lord have mercy. That glass is only made to hold eight ounces of water. If you want 16 ounces of water, then get you a 16 ounce of glass. 16 ounces, get you a 16 ounce glass to put 16 ounces of water in. So when you're trying to put something old and something new, it's going to expound. And when it begins to expound, it's going to bust. So when you're not removing those particles, when you're not shaking the dust, when you're not removing that stuff out of your heart, you're going to explode. Because you're trying to keep the old and the new together and you can't. Oil and water doesn't mix. Light and darkness is not supposed to dwell together. So 14 says, notwithstanding, you have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. (laughs) He said, it's 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. Paul said, every now and again, now every now and again, you sent me what I needed. Sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't, but I was content in that. 
he said in 18, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of um, epaphroditus. I know I'm saying that wrong. The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Listen, the Philippian church was a missionary church that ministered to Paul's needs during his missionary, during his, I'm sorry, the Philippian church was a missionary church that ministered to Paul's needs due, during his travels. Missionary support is honored and accepted by God as an odor of a sweet smell and acceptable by God. I'm sorry, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So this, what we have, so this, what we give to the support of a faithful missionary is regarded as an offering brought to God. So what is done for one of the least of our brothers or sisters is done for the Lord himself. So then we go right into Philippians 4 and 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul emphasizes the loving care of God, the Father, for his children. He will meet all your needs, material and spiritual. So as you present them to him, he will meet them in Christ Jesus, only in union with Christ and in his fellowship can we experience God's provision among the many scriptural promises that give hope and encouragement to God's people concerning his care and help. So, so in that, yeah, we're talking about this financially, yes, but God will supply your need, material and spiritual. So everything that you need, God will supply, he'll make provisions because of his promises, but it must be according to his will. Some things you just don't need, you just won't. But be like Paul. I want it, but I'm content in what in what I in what I what I don't have. But when the need needs to be met, it'll be made. And we need to learn how to release. We need to learn how to let go. So God wants to, God, I need to let go of this. God, I need your strength so that I can let go, so that I can release, so that I can shake off. Right? So, so listen to this. So again, listen to that. I got to get all my little notes together. Look at some of the people that has a, 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 a spirit of control to where they have such a spirit of control, they're not able to let go of, but they'll hold on to right so letting go of control is hard and realizing that you need to step away from a project that you have spent so much time and energy on is even harder right so i use i i love the study on this why this was used as a project because our our, our husbands and our wives are not our projects <laughs> and they might not even be our assignment but spiritually they are a project and they are an assignment. 
And some of you be like, man, I ain't dying, honey. I I love I ain't I, I listen, I ain't no project. Oh Lord, I messed up my hair, Lord Jesus. If we're going the wrong direction. Listen, I, I ain't no I ain't no project. I get it. We not. We are not projects. We are not assignments. We are wives. We are husbands. We are children. We are parents. We are grandparents. We're friends. We're co-workers. We're boss. We're employees. We, we are classmates. We are human beings. We are not to be controlled. We are not to be controlled. We are to be able to let go of some stuff and then don't allow people to hold us to them. We don't, they don't belong to us. We don't belong to them. We all belong to God. We all belong to God. Oh, I know where I'm at. I'm talking about putting on your strength, putting on your strength. And if you don't have the strength that you need, then this is, then let me tell you, then let me tell you what you need. You need Ephesians chapter six, starting at the 10th verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god as christians we are engaged in a spiritual conflict with evil this spiritual conflict is described as a warfare of faith that continues until we enter the life to come satan is a masterful strategist who seeks our downfall by his various schemes some of the wiles of the devil are to perpetrate division in the church unbelief in the promises of god discouragement temptation to sin compromise of conscious unwillingness to forgive getting our eyes off jesus fear accusation indulging our sinful nature spiritual apathy and so forth paul instructs believers to take their stand against the schemes of the devil. We can take confidence in the fact that our victory has been secured by Christ himself through his death on the cross. 
Jesus waged a triumphant battle against Satan, disarmed the evil powers and authorities, led captives in his train, and redeemed the believer from Satan's power. So at the present time, we are involved in a spiritual warfare that we wage by the power of the Holy Spirit against the sinful desires within ourselves, against the ungodly pleasures of the world and temptations of every sort, and against Satan and his forces. We are called to be separate from the present world system. Hating its evil, resisting and overcoming its temptations and sin, as Christian soldiers, we must wage war against all evil, not in our own power, but with spiritual weapons. In our warfare of faith, we are called to endure hardships like good soldiers of Christ. Suffer for the gospel. Fight the, fight the good fight of the faith wage war persevere conquer be victorious triumph defend the gospel contend for the faith not be frightened by opponents put on the full armor of god stand firm destroy the strongholds of satan take captive every thought and become powerful in battle That is how we shake the dust off of our feet. That is how we put on our strength. By doing what Ephesians 3, 20 says. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says. Strength through the spirit. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that continues to work in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. God will do for us not only more than we ask and desire in prayer, but also even more than our imagination can perceive. This promise is conditioned and dependent on the full release of the presence power of, I'm sorry, of the presence power and grace of the Holy Spirit to minister freely in and through our lives. We must keep unity of the spirit of god in order to shake the dust off of our feet you must learn how to shake the dust off of your feet you you don't you spend so much time trying to shake somebody else's dust off of their feet trying to beat somebody else's mat trying to go into someone else's home, trying to wipe up somebody else's mess without you first 
counting up the cost as you are still delivering yourself out of those similar issues, out of those similar circumstances, out of those similar events that's going on in your life because you are a sheep. You are the child of God. You are the son or the daughter of God. And you have been placed in the middle of the wolves. You have been placed in the midst of wolves. And Jesus has given you the power and the authority to walk in victory, to walk in healing, to walk in your in your uh, uh, salvation, to walk your ways out of someone else's because he has let you know how to do it, when to do it, why you should do it, where you should do it, and what you should do it with through the armor of God, through the strength of the Holy Spirit, through the strength of Christ that is in you. You can do it. You can make it. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. You must shake the dust from your feet. You must get your house in order. You must know how your cleansing and how your renewing must be. You have to know. So if Jesus said, if Jesus said, and what so and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So you will watch what the so so even if you step away from those things, from those people, or from those places. Sometimes it is the hardest thing that you have to do. Sometimes it is hard to have your mind to step away. Sometimes it's hard to have your thoughts to step away. Sometimes it's hard to have your emotions step away. Sometimes it's hard to have your feelings to step away. But you will watch what the new people that are doing and you won't have to second guess every move instead of completely letting go you will also be able to release amen amen so god bless you all know that i love you know that i'm praying for you i hope that as i was talking you wrote those scriptures down go back read and study Matthew chapter 10. Read back up scripture. Go back. Read Isaiah chapter 52. Put on your strength. And know that God will continue to strengthen you. As I read in Philippians 4. And key verse 13. Be like Paul. Say what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Say that. Write it down. Put it in your notes. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it into your heart. Put it into your mind. Put it into your words. Put it into your spirit. 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. That's what you have to say and repeat that in your mind. And God will give you the strength to cause you to move forward, to move on and release what's been stuck to you. Release what's been connected to you and release what had a what had a hold on you. So you hear people say, let it go, let it go, let it go. But it's not about just saying, let it go. You must release it. That means not to go back to it. It's no longer being beneficial for you. You're warring in your spirit. You're warring in your mind. You're warring in your flesh. And the Lord wants you to enjoy your blessings. Enjoy your new life. Enjoy your new walk. Your new attitude. Your new way of doing things. You are allowing God to know that what you shall speak, you shall have. Amen. Amen. So listen, God bless you all. I thank you all for tuning in. I thank you all for listening. Know that I am praying for you. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Amen. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time and you don't know Jesus to be your personal savior, you don't know him to, 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 to part in your sins, you don't know who God is, get to know him. Build your relationship and walk away from religion. Build your relationship in the Lord. Stay in your word. Read. Get with some people that will give you godly wisdom godly advice and how will you know that it's godly how will you know that it's wisdom god's wisdom it'll line up with the word of god and when you hear something that just doesn't that this doesn't make any sense when you hear something that just don't make any sense tell them to show you in the word tell them show me where it states that in the word and when they and if it's in the word and they show you and you see it and read it for yourself now that you've come into the knowledge of the truth, it's your responsibility to walk right on in it. To walk right on in it. Amen. Amen. So if it's the Lord's will, I will be on here again on tomorrow. Know again that God wants you delivered, healed, and set free. He wants you saved. He wants you to live a long life. But in order for you to have a long life, you got to surrender your life unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. So God bless you. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Amen. Amen. <laughs>